Gain it for riffs. Welcome, fellow riff freaks, to Gain it for riffs, the first and only podcast about riffs. How are we doing, Ole? Doing great, Jonathan. Uh, I pulled out the acoustic guitar for this uh, episode. Uh, I would like to point out and make clear that riffs can also be played on an acoustic, not only on for a sure. on a riff guitar. For sure. <laughs> I mean, in in a, in a sense, uh, to play alone solo, like with no background, acoustic is more fitting. I would say. But uh, I'm pretty happy with the rig I have now. It's uh, expensive pedals to mm. make it sound uh, larger or better than I am. You know, I, I'm <laughs> using a Rev G3 and a MXR carbon copy and then a Moor Radar uh, with my Strat mm. and a noise gate on that. Mm. So it's, it's quite a quite a little rig actually that yeah. I'm running. No, it sounds amazing. I'm uh, I'm just uh, kind of lining into. Uh, uh, a virtual VST at the moment, but I'm looking also to uh, get into more pedals again. Very excited about that, actually. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice. Pedals take a bit of time, like to, to tweak in and, and do that. But there are many resources online for this, so I'm not going to get in any guitar rig technical details. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, how are we feeling this week? I'm really curious. We we. We decided to continue on the secret riff uh, presentation, so I'm always really curious about uh, what riff you have uh, chosen and actually how you will respond to the one I chosen. Uh, yeah, I think- likewise, likewise. I think it's the right format for the show. And uh, last time, last recording, uh, you couldn't pick my riff, so now we know <laughs> how that works, and that works too. Because if you can't pick it out, there might be a, quite a few listeners that can't either, and then you have the chance to usher them in into the riff. No, for sure. Uh, it was. It was just that it was. I, I was very close in guessing. Uh, the the band was opened and the the song was uh, the more. I think right. Yeah, correct. Yeah, and uh, it, I thought it was the haunted or something similar, uh, Gothenburgian. But it was a Stockholm band, so that was uh... <laughs> Reco- recorded in Gothenburg. Recorded yeah. in Fredman Studios, where you've, you've had haunted, you've had at the gates. Mm-hmm. Uh, your two guesses, so. I mean, you weren't far off. Yeah. You were in the right vicinity, I would say. Yeah. But uh, that said, Opeth is not that much like those bands. And that particular riff drawn out was, but in general, no, not really. No. <laughs> um, today, I'm, I'm really curious. Maybe I should start today uh, to see if you can pick out which riff I took, because it's not one of... The, it's a very famous band, but it's not their most famous song. Yeah, I want you to start today because I'm so happy with my choice. So I want to keep it for a while. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Here we go. All right. I like the sound of this. I really dig the sound. It sounds for me it sounds like it's from the US of A. The mm-hmm. type of coloring on the chords, mm-hmm. and it gives me this kind of uh, crosby, stills, Nash and Young that mm-hmm. kind of vibe. But I don't know uh, what riff it is. Well, it's on the other side of the Atlantic. It's uh, Led Zeppelin, actually. It's the it's a song uh, Ten Years Gone" from Physical Graffiti uh, on the B side. Um, all right, all right. There we go. Physical Graffiti. That that will be the fifth album, right? Yeah. When they stop doing the number thing. Yeah. Even the sixth album. Uh, sixth album. Yeah. Okay. Fifth is Houses of the Holy, then I guess. Yes. And then you have uh, a bit confusingly, you have uh, Physical Graffiti with a song called House of the Holy. Uh, so you know, uh, it's okay to make it a double. It was released as a double album or something. I think I think it's a double album. So yeah, this is probably maybe even on side C. Uh, if I'm if I remember correctly, uh, so this is a very slow uh, tune, but this riff is actually yeah, it's it's when it gets hard. But I just felt that uh, for me to give it uh, give it justice, I play it on the acoustic. Who knows? I might uh, later in the program try to uh, put in a a, a distant version, but. Uh, why did I choose this riff? Uh, there's so, yeah, why there's did you so actually actually play the riff again? Yeah, uh, absolutely. We need we need to refresh. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I love it. Great riff. Mm. Uh, so it it did have some. Um, uh, for me, it it was a bit hard. I really wanted to pick uh, a Led Zeppelin riff, uh, but then uh, you know there there are so many you know that I I I love to play as well. But this one, I, it's something I always like. Uh, when when I when I'm with my acoustic guitar, I just noodle it always. It just uh, uh, I I love how it feels to play it. Um, I love how breezy and and light it sounds. You don't know, like it's no, it's not a heavy song, but it, it's it's the heavy part of the song. But it's so like up in the air, floating almost. And uh, yeah, it makes me really happy to when I hear the song, but also when I play it. Yeah, I would call it uh, nice, breezy. I would use that, mm. that adjective. It's a breezy riff, yeah. and I uh, love the sound of it. And I do think it's inspired by American music, for sure. Yeah. It has the American sound to it, like, you know, big open spaces, yeah, huge it, it, open roads. I, kind of I think if you think about Led Zeppelin and their, uh, their discography or their songs, I mean, the most of the early stuff is really heavily blues-inspired, uh, from the Americas, of yeah. course, but this this one even goes a bit towards the a folky vibe. Like you picked it out, also Crosby, Stills, Nash, uh, yeah. and Young, <laughs> and Young sometimes, yeah, sometimes Young, yeah, <laughs> and uh, also America maybe. Uh, and I think that uh, this uh, this Americana uh, style it fits them very well. Uh, it, it really does. It really does. It's also I, yeah, I don't, I don't know if you have. Uh, you didn't know the the song by heart, but it, it is a very breezy song with, a, with a, uh, quite a light uh, uh, singing melody. Uh, Robert Plant he sings about an old girlfriend that uh, made him that he had ten years ago prior to this song that made him choose between her and the band, let's say, or the music career. Or, oh, right. As she put right. it, it will be it's me or your fans. And uh, as he said, he <laughs> responded, I well I don't have any fans, but <laughs> I gotta stay true to them. <laughs> Not a, as far as I know, I don't have any fans. No, but I have to stay true to them. Um and I think that uh, and and Jimmy Page uh, he apparently he he envisioned this song to be a uh uh, instrumental piece uh, with like okay. uh, fifteen layers of guitars, but then in the end, it kind of uh, it, it, it with 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 uh, with the singing melody and the rest of the band coming in. It it it's kind of it's way lighter than I think it would have been if you uh, if you listen to the other tracks uh, on this album for for sure. Kashmir, which is like this heavily layered song. I mean, and that, which also has a great riff, yeah. but in my mind, it's over. It's a bit overplayed. So when I listen to Physical Graffiti, I'm you know more pumped for uh, Ten Years Gone. This riff, you know, than Kashmir. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's a better riff. Yeah, me I too. Think. Now, me too. Now, Ten Years Gone. I have to say, is not really part of my vocabulary until now. So it's kind of new. Yeah, I've been a little bit on the fence about Led Zeppelin ever since the start. I always found them a little bit too professional. Like they don't have the kind of uh, I don't know, a lot of my favorite hard rock bands, it feels like they started out knowing just a single riff. Mm. Like you you know, like you addressed last episode uh, <laughs> we recorded, uh, you addressed the fact that uh, you started just riffing. You didn't try to learn music or learn the guitar or learn a lot of chords yeah. before. And I think a lot of my favorite bands have gone the same way. Steve Harris, James Hetfield, Tony Aomi. And then uh, when it comes to Led Zeppelin, they were pros already. And I think you can tell, and for me it sounds a little bit sometimes like a a fabricated band, uh, but at the same time, if I have a little period of Led Zeppelin hate, uh, I, I will soon discover how good they are yeah. in some context, and then I'll be like almost a Led Zeppelin freak for a bit and just listen a lot mm -hmm. to them and, and get back in them. And then once again, the pendulum will swing, and I'm I'm sick of their professional style. <laughs> yeah, I think so someone put it also very uh, uh, succinctly that uh, uh, Led Zeppelin is the band that everyone listens to when they're 14 years old you know this they have this um uh often the the fantasy theme the you know over the top uh lyrics about uh tolkien uh, <laughs> about lord of the rings yeah, maybe the, the, yeah yeah i saw them always more like the first hair band in a way you know because they were like good looking and they had great hair huge fan sure. base so it's almost like the first hair hair metal band but without the sound obviously they don't sound anything like those bands but mm. For me, it was like almost like the first uh, band that the crowd wants to sleep with. These guys, mm. you know, <laughs> these these are 
these are good looking rock guys. Yeah, I mean, ju- juxtaposed to uh, Black Sabbath, to <laughs> you know, look like yeah, they look, come look out. Like they're coming kind of out. They look like trolls. They're coming out of a well, you know. <laughs> they've been yeah, sleeping down yeah. there, or riffing maybe. But uh, yeah, they, they, but they, those bands, they were friends. They were uh, from their Birmingham. They were friends. Place. Yeah, they were friends. Uh, they were in the studio together from time to time and supporting each other in many ways. Mm-hmm. And also, Deep Purple were good friends of Black Sabbath. So I'm guessing there that that could have been a, a three way around. I guess. Yeah. Uh, the the British band sticking together. Yeah, it, it's interesting. Also, like these few year, uh, this, this few short years in the first half of uh, the uh, 70s where like, there's so much releases it's crazy I mean I for this uh, podcast I've been going through you know like yeah what what I like from the 70s it's like uh, now I have to look when physical graffiti came out because it's uh, might been have been a bit later um, but you know like bands uh, Led Zeppelin and Black Sabbath the Purple you think about them but like there's so Many good records. So uh, many, yeah, really good. I'm I'm stuck now on the period between '77 and '82. Okay. Those five years, uh, it was a little bit of a strange time. Black Sabbath uh, releasing weird albums, and uh, not Heaven and Hell, but you know, yeah. Technical Ecstasy and uh, and No Never Say Die, a little bit weird albums. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Purple didn't exist. They had a break, a long break, and it's just a weird time in rock. But I think it carries on that nice legacy of just tons of great releases, cool yeah. productions, great sounds. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a lovely era. I, I think, in a way, physical graffiti is—it's from 1975, I see. Uh, and I think that's right. when the band started getting a bit of a hubris, uh, wanting to overdo each other with uh, soundscapes. And of mm-hmm. course, there were. Uh, and now I'm talking about the classic bands, you know, like Black Sabbath and Led Zeppelin. Yeah. You know, going a bit too far. I mean, I see. Uh, it's, you know, how long physical graffiti is. I don't, but I'm going to guess it could be up 85, 90, even more yeah, minutes. Yeah, no, it, it, you're right. It's 82 minutes, 59 seconds. It's extremely long. It's almost as long as... Uh, Very long. No, it's it, it's as long as a Metallica record from the 90s. Yeah, it's <laughs> slightly longer than both Reload and Load. It's a terrible length for any album, I would say. It's a terrible length, and those two albums don't hold up. Load more so than Reload, but <laughs> still they are too long. And it was just a thing, I guess, about the CD. Now you can squeeze in 80 minutes, yeah. give... You know, it was still sold as a product, so it's like you get more of this of the product, like a you know a big pack of ice cream. Yeah. But it's an eighty-minute rock album, and it's not the right format, in my opinion. Dear listener, if you're doing a, a gain it for riffs drinking game, make sure to uh, take a shot every time we mention Metallica in any shape or form, because that's going to happen a lot. Yeah, and Maiden, Metallica uh, and Maiden, <laughs> and Sabbath. Uh, so yeah, going back to Led Zeppelin, I think this. Um, uh, well, this song is just like from such a heavy uh, uh, and very dense album. It just comes as a breeze. It's really, really uh, refreshing. It's really quite nice. I it really is. Like it, it is. And I think th- those riffs stand out in the catalog. They don't have too many. If they have heavy riffs, they're usually very simple, like. Uh, you need <laughs> a whole lot of love, obviously, and it's super simple. It's still a cool riff. It could have been featured, but I think you choose a riff more representative of what Led Zeppelin brought to the table. Mm. I have another one uh, just that, that, I, that I always like to play, and I, I was thinking of choosing it, but uh, just play a short, uh, something short from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, Over the Hills and Far Away, from the, which is from Houses of the Holy. And this song really, like, this riff really goes on for a long time and it changes. So it, it it's a bit too long for uh, uh, <laughs> for you to have to listen yeah, to and react to. That song I know, I know that song because your brother told me when we were back in high school, um, he said that uh, the best Led Zeppelin album is uh, number five, mm. uh, Houses well, of the Holy. You might be right. With all, the, all the nude kids on it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and I... Uh, <laughs> Checked it out. And of that song, I remember, obviously, No Quarter is on that one. Mm. I think Song Remains the Same is on that one as mm. well. No Quarter is fantastic. I think we will get back to it. It has... I uh, just have to play the best part from this song. Hang on. All right. Here we go.
that's when the electric guitars come in uh, with the ba baum ba baum and the drums. Yeah. It's so fat. And uh, very, if you're lifting, a very uplifting part. Yeah, 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 for sure. And if you listen because to the this... song itself is quite down there and kind of you know like in the gutter almost. And then uh, that riff kind of lifts it, like the heavenly part yeah. in Heaven and Hell by Black Sabbath. They have the light and shade. I think it works really in the favor of a of, a, of such a song. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, f I think it's somehow like I I Jimmy Page is also always on the verge of uh, you know either greatness or you know o overblown failure. Somehow it's it's like. It, it kind of shows because he, after Led Zeppelin, he didn't really do much. Rob Plant has a great uh, uh, career, uh, but Jimmy Page, he kind of fell out of everything. And it, you kind of feel it also because he was always the one that wanted to do a reunion. And uh, okay, Robert, yeah, Robert yeah. Plant was always that like, makes sense. Why should we do that? Uh, I have my yeah. own thing going. Let's we can play a few songs. They had a, a yeah famous gig when they're. I think their manager died. They did a tribute uh, show at uh, Wembley. But other than right. that, they haven't played together. Uh, John Paul Jones, uh, Jimmy Page and uh, Robert Plant. Uh, they did a, a couple of gigs with uh, John Bonham's son, right? Yeah, that was the Wembley uh, or the O2 Arena gigs. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. When was it? Like mm -hmm. 10 years ago or something to honor their uh, their manager who had passed um but mm -hmm. uh yeah other than, i mean they keep uh they, they other than that they didn't reunite they were like abba you know like what was good uh should remain good you know you shouldn't uh tinker with it but i think that jimmy page really wanted would have wanted to reunite because I, yeah I, yeah he always struck me as maybe not so creative like he's an awesome guitar player i really love the way he's playing and as you say, he's a little bit on the verge, but he's in that way that I really dig it, like uh, Richie Blackmore as well, that it sounds super honest, the way he's, he's re representing himself in his solos, but also in the riffs, that it's honest and raw, and it's just like, there's, he's not trying to cover up what he's doing, mm. in my opinion, which I really dig in mm. a guitarist. Mm. Yeah, I mean, bit. Uh, I think I have to do a deep dive in uh, Led Zeppelin again, actually. It, it's... Uh, I, Actually, never listened to the records that came after Physical Graffiti, the Into the mm -hmm. Outdoor and um, uh, Smell the Coffee or whatever the last album was called. I, I don't remember. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, but going back to this riff, you know, like what what is the essence of? Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, what's the feeling in this riff? Well, you, uh, you, we already said breezy. Yeah, we've already said kind of cool and well, a lot of. To a lot of notes, like it's yeah. quite uh, orchestrated in a, in a sense. How does it make you feel when you listen to it first and foremost? Well, I, I feel uh, I feel really relaxed. I would say I feel also kind of uplifted. It's an uplifting uh, song. What uh, with, with yeah. kind of a mellow. It's also mellow, but it, it has this in in the riff. It's very yeah. It's uh, uh, it feels good. And uh, but I, I would be interested to hear a bit because you you know some technical details and uh, maybe you can uh, if you can uh, see if you can hear something if I play it once more. Yeah, do that. Play it quite slowly yep. to kind of stick on the chords. Uh, yep. Maybe once without the actual rhythm, just you know, give me the notes and I'll try by ear to figure out what's going on there. Okay. Uh, so it's drop D. Uh, All right. But only for the for very few uh you can you can play it on a e standard yeah, but it starts like this mm -hmm. as a kind of intro uh to yeah, the riff a cool little bass bass line yeah exactly and then there is an a uh, a major and it's just you do a pull off uh on the on the fourth fret uh, on the G string, or mm -hmm. no, on the D string. Wait, I uh, know I have to do it again. <laughs> on the G string, and then you slide up to uh, uh, what can this be? An invert, uh, some kind of inversion. It's a ninth. I think it's a ninth. So let's. I have to kind of play it so you get the context. Yeah, you're you're right about it being um, 
an A major there in the middle, like that. It's in the key of A major, and then goes up to G major as a the two note approach to that, and then F sharp minor, and then down to F major. So it has this movement like. That riff has um, a line cliche in it. A line cliche is a the theoretical term when a, a melody that moves uh, chromatically up or down. And in this case, yeah. it's when you go to, go to the G, you go down F sharp and then F. And then inside of the A, you have an E. So it's E, G, F sharp, F, back to E uh, through the riff, which gives this nice... Obviously, it doesn't sound nice played <laughs> like that, but it has that that movement in it. And normally, this is part of Stairway to Heaven as well. That you get this, it, it gives a very nice flow when you have a chromatic uh, passage uh, within the riff or within the chord structure. So it's very good for very easy on the ears. Yeah. Now it's not uh, uncommon in the Led Zeppelin songs, and uh, in the not case at all. of and I, I love it. Uh, Dave Mustaine does that a lot. You know, like. Or, or, or maybe my f my f recent favorite. Yeah, thirty eight special. They do it. I mean, it's it's uh, uh, and it makes it all the more fun that uh, or <laughs> interesting that uh, this this. Um, I don't know if you ca caught it, but uh, there was a lawsuit uh, where the band Spirit accused uh, Led Zeppelin of having st uh, stolen uh, Stairway to Heaven. Yes, from a song of theirs, uh, Taurus or what it yeah. was called. And you listen to it, it's the line cliche. I mean, yeah, I mean, there, there are several lawsuits of this kind where, you know, a, a chord progression is being deemed, you know, like a, a theft. Uh, yeah, which is and there's so many more, more uh, like, uh, uh, what's the word, more clear thefts, more like uh, blatant thievery going on even in within Led Zeppelin so and this one <laughs> this one example it doesn't yeah. really add up and they didn't yeah. win the lawsuit Led Zeppelin won yeah I mean we were talking Led Zeppelin you know they they, they are the kings of uh, stealing material for sure yeah uh, but they can also afford good lawyers so. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but in this case I, in this case I think they were in the right they they yeah. shouldn't really be held accounted for theft yeah. in, in, in this context uh, at all. But, uh, I mean, I, I like to see... Uh, uh, I mean, they're, they're a band of conquering heroes, for sure. That's how they uh, <laughs> present themselves, yeah. so why not? Uh, well, I'd, I'd like to play it once more, and then, um, yeah, if you haven't anything to add, I think it was really interesting to talk uh, about this with you. You haven't heard the song, but you gave a really nice analysis also of the riff. Um which I appreciate because, you know, I am trying to learn uh, the musical theory, but having learned how to play guitar from riffs, uh, that also means learning from tabs, which uh, tablature is something we'll probably get into, but it it is the wrong yeah, way of learning. I still, love, I still love tabs. I love them. It's yeah. faster. I know how to read uh, notes. I learned that uh, quite late, but since I don't use that skill, I'm so slow. Yeah. I read notes very slowly. Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll play once more, and then uh, I'm super curious of hearing of your riff because uh, you are sure, apparently sure. really proud of your choice. Okay, once more, uh, ten years gone, uh, Led Zeppelin from uh, Physical Graffiti. <laughs> so nice i need to go and listen to that that album at least that song <laughs> right after we we've recorded i like it a lot uh i, I think that's where it really shines if we're talking heavier riffs i'm i'm a fan of uh Ooh. that's a good riff, yeah that's not really it's not a typical Led zeppelin no immigrant song it's it's like the heaviest it's yeah. just two two note riff. It's fantastic. It's just great with a great uh, with a great uh, uh, also heartwarming message <laughs> of what it is. It's like a tribute to, to us, really, because we're two Swedes, right? And uh, we're coming from the land of the ice and snow. 
where the midnight <laughs> sun the heart, glares the and the springs, the springs glow. hot springs glow yeah. or something. Oh, so, <laughs> something like this. Uh, I, I'm just, uh, for, for transparency, I'm putting my acoustic guitar away, but uh, I like to hold something when I'm recording, so I'm, I'm just holding my bass. I don't, I'm probably not going to play it, but just so you know, you can picture me sitting here with a white uh. bass from the, <laughs> it's a Chinese brand called Gold that I bought in Stockholm 10 years ago, yeah. which I, I really like yeah. it, but I need to fix the nut because it's broken. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I have, I have a similar now, cheap base. I bought a cheap, um, it's called Vintage. <laughs> the brand is Vintage. It's also made in China, a jazz base. And oh, yeah. I'm getting more and more into playing it, but uh, you always have that trap as a guitarist thinking like, okay, I know how to play guitar, so I automatically know how to play bass. <laughs> uh, that's, that's a trap. Don't believe that. Don't for a second believe that. When you start playing bass, you have to learn yeah. how to play bass which can be done in many different ways obviously mm. but uh, it's a different instrument it's so much rhythm to it mm. and, you know how, knowing how long the notes should be is very important yeah. where to stop them and so on yeah but we might we might be playing bass oh i, I for sure i have some bass riffs uh, lined up definitely okay cool so uh, from one band to another oh i'm excited uh, i'm excited i've chosen i've chosen it's gonna be it's like a two punch it's two riffs because uh, the first one is prolific and the second one is awesome and they come <laughs> in after each other so it has to be like that all right and go something like this <laughs> Classics, it's, right? It's the cross riff, uh, as we used to call it from Cemetery <laughs> yeah, Gates. Wow. Cemetery Gates, that's correct. And by which band? Uh, Pantera, obviously, from their Pantera, uh, first yeah. album. Oh. First, uh, in within quotes, first album. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. yeah. I don't uh, know if we... uh, Cowboys from Hell from 1990. <laughs> this is so good. I started playing it. I, my. my I, okay, I didn't turn it up, but I, I was playing the part, the, the really heavy part on my bass. It's just like, ah, wow. It's so good because yeah, it's, it's a, great. a riff that I was also planning to learn to bring to the show. But I'm super happy that you brought it. Yeah, so good. And you're yeah, totally right. Yeah. You have to have the first one to have the second one. They, they actually, yeah. they, they need each other. So I call, I call it they one riff or two for one. Yeah, the two punch. Yeah, attitude. two for one. Yeah, two punch. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because the riffs are not similar and they're different in different keys as well. There's a key change there, but still they must come together. The first riff, that kind of troll riff, is centered around A, but with some uh, chromatic passings. So. <laughs> Obviously, you need the squeals as well. Yeah, now yeah, I'm yeah. on a strat with single coils, but I, <laughs> I can still make them come out there. And you need those squeals, the pinch harmonics. It's such a staple for a dime bag. And I think he uses them to great effect. It's never like, ah, I can squeal again. Whereas there's another guitarist that has this problem. Can you guess who? Uh, yeah, well, I'm thinking of... Uh, I think it works okay uh, when John Christ does it in Danzig. Uh, I love his actually. I love his. It's not the guy I was thinking but, of. But but uh, but me, <laughs> when I saw Dancing Live uh, pff, ten years ago, he had gone through many guitarists. So uh, mm -hmm. there was like I think he was. Was he called Tommy Victor? It's really a bad name for a guitar player. <laughs> Basically, a new guy, and he's forced to do pinch harmonics all the time, and, and maybe it's every, not even it, comfortable it with it. It was on every note. I'm not kidding. The pinch harmonic was <laughs> yeah. on every note. Uh, it's yeah. It sounds. That sounds terrible. But who were you thinking of? I, I lost myself. I was thinking of uh, Zach Wilde. Oh, ah, yeah, 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 of course. He uh, overuses them. He's good. He's cool. And uh, uh, some of his songs are brilliant. Mm. But he also, like, sometimes it's like, Ugh, really? Another pinch harmonic? Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. all the time. But at the same time, you got to have to have your style. And his style is that kind of shredding the pentatonic scale. Well, lots of squeals, lots of wah. And uh, yeah, just very kind of bikery, muscle. Yeah, I mean guitar style, aggressive as fuck. A dime bag, yeah, oh, dime bag, dime bag. Uh, Daryl, he comes from another place entirely. I think it's uh, his. 
I mean, his guitar playing, it's so, it's unique. And it has, uh, it also goes so well with the songs. It's just like, it's perfectly, uh, you know, it's, it's, his songs are crafted uh, by his style. You know, they, they couldn't be played by any other guitarist. I mean, it wouldn't sound No, right. they couldn't. Just, this is just they perfect. They couldn't. Speaking of Wild, it's been rumored for tens of years that they're going to make a reunion with Zach Wild on the guitar and i think it's not gonna work for me so i don't want to hear it <laughs> I, I don't want to hear it to be honest i don't even want to click the youtube link maybe out of curiosity but so, so you mean i don't want to hear it you're you're you say you're you're saying that uh Zach wild phil anselmo and maybe rex brown i don't think he's up for it it's gonna no, do rex it. would be up for it i think rex is, is a shield guy i oh, think okay. he'd be up for it but who's gonna do the drums as well uh, I mean, first it was when it was first rumored vinnie paul was alive because he he passed quite recently, yeah. And now he's gone too. The the Daryl brothers are not there. Don't do it. I mean, just don't do it. No. Phil is doing it live with another band, the Illegals, and that's fine by me because yeah. those songs are better than their songs, and uh, <laughs> they're doing them quite good. I mean, a funny anecdote from that is when they played. I think it was This Love or another track from from the Vulgar album, and uh, he's he's like stopping the music, stopping it, and he's turning to the guys and like, you're not playing it in the right tempo, guys. <laughs> We gotta restart this. He's being oof, hard on them, oof. and I think it's fair because if you want to play Pantera, do it right. Yeah, do it well, well you know. yeah, stopping a, a song and giving your bandmates a scolding. I mean, that's yeah, it's really the. Yeah, I mean, that's extreme. <laughs> it's extreme. You should never do that. But in this context, I think he's in the right to, to do it, and I'm kind of feeling like it's good that he does it, so I don't have to listen to the band play the song in the wrong tempo. No, just just really quick. I was uh, I saw Brian Jonestown Massacre. Is this? Uh, yeah, rock band from the nineties that yeah, uh, has, familiar. has a really like heavy, uh, druggy uh, history, but uh, and, and and a singer who is just like out of his mind. But I saw them, and for the last song, he was already quite a big band on on stage, a lot of members. But he put up, he took up two additional guitarists, two roadies. Uh, that he forced uh -huh. to play, and then after five seconds of the song, he turned to them. It's like it's like you never played guitar before, <laughs> fucking idiots. <laughs> <laughs> they they looked like they didn't really they didn't want to be there. Of course, they were like, yeah, oh, okay, shit. we're forced yeah. to do this. <laughs> also, complicated people can be quite creative. Uh, but Dimebag Daryl, I mean, what a guitar player. Uh, uh, yeah, Dimebag Daryl, and there we can speak of like a good alcoholic. No one has said that he had any abusive or shitty behavior, even though he downed these 25 Jaeger shots <laughs> that he put on top of his Randall, speak, uh, Randall top. And he downs them all and he plays like uh, perfectly, in time, in pitch, with attitude, with grace even. Like, mm. The force of nature. Can, can I hear, uh, because there's so much going on in this riff, but uh, you don't have to play it slow, I just want to hear the whole thing again. It's just... Uh, both uh, both parts or... Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Part. I mean, uh, it, it's... Uh, right. I think the listener really wants to hear it again. <laughs> yeah, all right, <laughs> I, let's I, do I it. Right. Yeah, so uh, for you who don't know, the Cemetery Gates is otherwise a very uh, chill song. It's a it's a slow ballad, uh, I would say. Yeah. For uh, like a dark power ballad. Yeah, and, and this and I think this riff should be seen in that con the context because I don't I, I think it's a riff that just uh, elevates uh, this particular song, even though the rest of the song is fucking great. But uh, yeah. this riff just comes in. Perfectly, the first time I heard, uh, I, my favorite is the second part because it's just so, uh, you know, you're, you're galloping it's on a badass. horse. It's so badass. Yeah. You know, it's just, you're, it sounds you're, you're, cool. You're galloping on a horse, you know, on a battlefield or whatever. I, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's, it's something like this, this male fantasies you have uh, or whatever fantasies you have yeah. when you're 14 years old and <laughs> you hear this for the first exactly, time. Exactly, exactly. And to just quickly, I can quickly dissect it. It starts on an A power chord with a little bit of shocking. That sound, and then it moves around. In a, they have both the raised and the lower fifth, and then um, it's a, the high note is a B, which is in scale. So it's, mm -hmm. it moves around A, but it has that kind of 
trollish vibe for me. That's the feeling I get of it. It's like this is a troll riff or like a yeah yeah yeah. It's a class classical vibe to it, uh, and I really dig. And also for the title, Cemetery Gates. I think this riff marries the title because it has it's spooky. Yeah, a little bit spooky. No, but I think I think that's why why the second riff comes out of you know like it, it's even more surprising in a way. Uh, yeah, because it's not spooky at all. No, yeah, the second riff is not spooky. No, it's just heavy, but also like with a. I don't know. It it makes you feel really good in the middle of this. Uh, yeah, uh, it does. It really. I does. mean, if if you don't know, it, the the lyrics are fantastic. You know, this. Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I can I shouldn't sing it, but it, it's a bit uh, like a you know like a diary <laughs> from a twelve year old. Yeah, or some kind of diary. Yeah, and I think. <laughs> It's very dramatic. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is like a diary, right? But it's lovely. It's it's, it's, it's lovely. A sad chapter. A sad chapter in someone's life. Yeah, I mean, I think it's from the heart, and obviously Phil kind of destroyed his voice, but here he thinks it's like extremely clear. He does. Yeah, like when he ends the chorus, he ends on a Bruce Dickinson type note. Yeah, that I will not gonna try to emulate with my voice. No, you know, if you know it, you know it, and now for sure. And then you come come back to his lyrics like, uh, sometimes when I'm alone, I wonder out loud. That's <laughs> so good. Yeah, it's so very good. good. Very, it's nice, fantastic. very nice. Fantastic. Hard, hard to sing too. Uh, it's it's like I don't know. I, I was a huge Pantera fan. Uh, actually, my my cousin had all the albums, and it was <laughs> the first. Uh, I, I think I can tell this story, but the uh, my brother's first album was also uh, Far Beyond Driven or. Yeah, or the great sudden trend kill, uh, even mm-hmm. hard albums. Mm-hmm. Those two and, hard. Uh, but first he, times I've heard them, it was too hard for me. I had to like kind of get my ears adapted. Yeah, to relentless attack. So I think my brother was seven when he and his friends decided that for uh, the the funny hour on the, every Friday they would uh, <laughs> perform yeah. a fucking hostile uh, song from Vulgar Display of Power uh, <laughs> in front of their classmates. And it was awesome uh, <laughs> it was a success in a way. <laughs> the, the teacher started yeah, crying. They headbanged as fuck. <laughs> you know, seven year olds headbanging as fuck. Fucking hostile. And I was at hostile. Yeah, ev- fucking hostile. Everyone was the singer. You know, everyone was Phil. And uh, the I think the whiteboard or the blackboard fell down. And the the teacher. That's a great start- scene. That's <laughs> like an awesome scene for a movie. It could be a Jack Black movie. Starts Jack Black is seven years old and he's performing uh, miming fucking hostile yeah. to his uh, <laughs> you know near kindergarten age classmates. Yeah, and the teacher started crying. I mean, it's perfect, and I think that's yeah. It it's it's heavy. It's heavy stuff. It's I mean, it's romantic. It's romantic. I would call it that's romantic. It's like it's, it's, oh yeah 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 the yeah. Story makes my heart warm. Yeah, but I mean, if you don't know Pantera, it's it's a fucking heavy band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so heavy. I, I couldn't stand it the first time I heard it. But but I think this really. Yeah, but I mean, it's the, a hard punch. Yeah, but but the first album, I think it's uh, it's easier to get into for uh, most people. It's uh, more yeah. maybe more melodic, I would say, and like a bit of a transition. You don't feel if you heard their '80s stuff. I mean. You know, it's not the same band, but there is some things like his. Uh, he does this. Uh, he he hits the high notes of uh, the power metal that, or the hair metal yeah, they were going for yeah. before. Um, yeah, but uh, it's. Yeah, I think it's uh, actually a good thing that they have that sleaze oh, hair metal yeah. thing going because in that genre the guitarists are so fucking sharp. You know, it's all about huge hero guitarists, and often they play uh, as a standalone guitarist, mm. not with a guitar duo. And Dimebag is just the epitome of that. He's better than Van Halen, in my opinion. And that was one of his huge inspirations, as well as Kiss. Uh, he, and he, oh, yeah. he was rumored to be winning so many guitar competitions in the States that after a while he couldn't apply anymore. <laughs> because there would be no competition. <laughs> no one else could win. What kind of guitar comp- uh, competition was it? Was it solo or riffing? That's what I want to know. I think, yeah, I'm wondering too. How, I don't know the exact perimeters of this, but I, in my head, what I see is like an American country fair. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like best of the guitarist. Maybe you come up playing with a rhythm section or something like that. I think I did one of those competitions on a on a boat on a cruise, <laughs> and I was severely drunk and I played shittily. I don't really want to remember it, but now I do. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. So uh, yeah, he was at, after some time he was banned from applying because he would always win, and uh, he's kind of yeah one of the best guitarists that have walked the earth i think mm. um 
Uh, what else with the? I mean, there. Yeah, I, I have a fun connection with this riff okay. because again, I said it was quite trollish. And uh, have a listen to this uh, riff. This riff is uh, quite old. Uh, it's um, roughly 135 years old. Okay, <laughs> it goes like this. <laughs> Yeah. Ooh, yeah, it's a Hall of the Mountain King, no? Exactly, exactly. Oh. Composed by a Norwegian guy, mm. I think, Edvard Grieg. Yes. Uh, back in 1875, and I think this might have been the inspiration right yeah it definitely sounds it definitely sounds like it i mean it's super metal already in the orchestral version it's uh one yeah. of the most metal of the i mean but i mean bach beethoven also they have their uh epic metal moments but this song is uh, you know it's heavy throughout it's, it's heavy and it, riffy it's, it's really an example of a riff here you got like a 135 year old riff because it's Nothing, nothing about it that is not riffy. Can you play it again? Can you play it again, please? With every, like overdoing the pinch harmonic, with the pinch harmonics, like overdo it, so we get that Dimebag Daryl uh, feel, or maybe Tommy Victor. <laughs> yeah, it's a good idea actually. Let's try it. <laughs> <laughs> Something that's so good. Uh, for you who maybe don't know, the pinch harmonics is uh, you're maybe you, you're you're even better at it than me, or way better, I would say. Can you explain it for the yeah. the listener? Yeah, basically along the, along the strings, there's a few places where you find harmonics naturally, like the fifth fret above, and then seventh, twelfth. But also when you pick, there's places where the pick can create this harmonic, and you kind of I use my thumb to to activate it. Somehow, I never really analyzed how I do this. No, I just it, tried until it worked, and uh, it's a great trick to get rich overtones and an extra octave added on top. Definitely, and it, it's uh, it, it it really like it, here you heard more, even more the kinship between these two riffs, the trolliness of uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the cemetery gates yeah. riff. Um, I also tried to fuse them, but it was hard. Then like. Almost works. Ah, it works perfectly. I mean, it's already. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking uh, actually about the contrast between the first uh, riff in, in Cemetery Gaze and the second one, the, the your two riffs. That this contrast is almost. It, it's a key change, also. Or am I wrong? It is a key change, yeah, and feel change. But uh, this is the key change from A minor to F sharp minor. So it's almost in this uh, the, the the same vein. It's like this uh, uh, the change where we talk about the God chords. Uh, oh yeah, God chords. Yeah, that you switch from. Yeah, God chords usually just actual chords. Uh, great video by Signal Sound Studios on on YouTube on the God chords. Uh, Jake Lizio. Yeah, huge huge shout out to Jake Lizio. I hope you listen because uh, we yeah, are big yeah, fans. I mean, if he listens, I'm honored. That guy is such a good teacher. He makes everything very simple, and he's not overly artistic about it. He's just kind of. Fun. Everything's fun. Yeah, we'll uh, link it in the description to this uh, podcast for sure. Uh, yeah, God chords. Yeah, it's a little bit like that. If you move from one minor to another minor, you get this effect of huge movement, bigness. <laughs> yeah, because it, greatness. It, it, because it does open up. I mean, it's in in this. It's like ah, yeah. It's just. It's also like it's not just heavy. It opens up the song somehow i think because it yeah it, like you said you ride out on that one i never thought of it as a ride type thing because it's not overly gallopy but uh, you're right it has this kind of riding out yeah because vibe. the song uh, cemetery gates is so introspective otherwise but here this it's really like it it changes the whole thing so if you think if i think uh, <laughs> if i think too much about it i might say that it's even too much changing the the, the sound <laughs> yeah, of the song. Yeah, but, exactly but it's just like if you if i wrote it if you wrote it yourself, or if I wrote it, I would doubt it. Like, can you do this jump? Yeah, really? yeah, no, for sure. It's interesting. It's, uh, I'm really happy that you chose this uh, uh, riff. I mean, I would would have done it soon. I just I have to go, I, yeah. now directly when we quit. I have to uh, go look at the tab and learn this because it's 
Yeah, really sure. amazing. That's good. That's good. Uh, I thought so. you would like it. I thought you would like yeah. it. I knew you loved the crushing riff, the cross riff, the <laughs> cross those type of riffs, the heavy one. <laughs> <laughs> but also the troll riff is, has to be there, right? Yeah. No. No. For sure. Yeah. You have to have uh, one to do the other. Uh, and also they come they come in with it instrumentally, like an instrumental break. But then later in the song, he's singing on the troll riff. Oh yeah. Uh, there no we were a chance to save my soul. And pass the cemetery. That part. Yeah. Uh, so it, all, it almost becomes the chorus of the song. Yeah, first instrumentally and then with vocals. It's a great arrangement yeah. of this song. If you listen to it, you're not going to get bored. It's like complete entertainment from start to finish. <laughs> and the way they finish it, when they're battling lead tones with lead vocals. You know. <laughs> that part. <laughs> I mean, it's just... a. Uh, Nicely over the yeah, top. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's the it's the fade to black for uh, Pantera, for sure. Something like that. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Or, pff, yeah, fade to black, I would say. It's, uh, or, yeah. Well, Sanitar, the sound of Sanitar, Cowboys yeah. must have been a huge inspiration for Metallica to find their 90s sound, the kind of heavier, crunchier sound, because yeah. it was released before the Black Album in 1990. So for me, it's like a revolutionary sound on that album. And, how they brought their kind of hair metal roots into that heaviness, yeah. groove metal genre that they created. I'm failing to remember if uh, Metallica ever used the pinched harmonic. If that's the in there. Oh yeah, you're right. It's the, I never thought about that. It's not in their basically, vocabulary. Basically never. Yeah, basically never. I think they maybe didn't know how to do those and then it never became part of the sound. I'm trying it I on my it's bass. A never, no. It's a never thing. I think they've never done it. No. Maybe Kirk in a solo, but uh, definitely yeah. never in a riff, yeah, it, as far as I know. That's interesting, no? That's really interesting. Yeah. And how, how common was it before the 90s? Uh, I think it came up out in the 80s. Yeah. It feels like a very 80s thing yeah, yeah. to get those kind of huge uh, harmonized uh, lead sounds. Mm. I know that uh, Judas Priest did it uh, quite a bit, but the one I remember is also from early 90s, Painkiller. Uh, but yeah, I, I couldn't say when it started, but it feels like a late 80s thing yeah. to me. Oh, but uh, what the revelation, uh, Kirk Hammett never used the pinch harmonic. Uh, that's crazy to me. He may have, may have, but for me the revelation is that James Hetfield almost certainly never did. No. He may not even be able to. <laughs> I think he can. <laughs> obviously, <laughs> I mean, obviously, I mean, I could learn it when I was 14, uh, but... Uh, I don't think that Hetfield is doing any exercising with the guitar playing. I think he's playing complete Hetfield school of yeah. playing. And within the Hetfield school, there are no pinch harmonics no. as far as we know. Okay, so we're talking a lot of uh, a lot about Metallica. So I think uh, somehow we have to get a Metallica riff in a coming episode of Gain It For Oh riffs. yeah, that will happen. I already have some listed, but I felt like since we touched on them so much, uh, it could wait a little bit. Yeah. Um, well... Uh, do we want to say anything else about uh, Cemetery Gates and the Troll and the Crossfit combination? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, there's I, another example that came to mind that I have to do within the same kind of okay. trollish feel, and it goes like this. <laughs> Classic yeah, yeah, raining, raining blood, blood yeah. raining blood by Slayer. Yeah, I mean that that to me that sounds even more like Hall of the Mountain King. Yeah, maybe even more because it's slightly yeah. less. Uh, it's not as nicely written as as Dimes riff. It's more uh, boxy, so it gives sounds almost even more eighteen hundreds, late eighteen hundreds. It's an amazing, uh, it's an amazing song. W would you? That's an interesting question though. Now I'm really taking a detour, but uh, the chugging that comes after that, would you classify that as a riff? Uh, yeah, I would. I would definitely yeah. classify it as a riff. It has, it's especially the end that I, I don't remember it, so I'm not gonna try. But uh, the, they do a little uh, run at the end of the shugging zeros. Yeah. But uh, yeah, definitely a riff. But maybe not a riff that I would bring uh, for this show <laughs> because it's too shuggy. <laughs> I, I want to try and have this riffs with a little bit more story in them. Yeah. I, guess. I think it was. Uh, uh, 
two really fantastic riffs that you brought, and I'm happy that they contrasted so extremely to my riff, which was <laughs> obviously in ma yeah, major, which that's is cool. uh, yeah, major minor. Uh, well, folks, that's how an episode of Gain It for Riffs can go. It can really be yeah, really, two like, different riffs. Your riff having connections to the folk music, and then this riff having connections to uh, late 1800s Norwegian composers. Yeah. So you get kind of... There's a story there, right? There's yeah. music history in, in these riffs and they are so not similar. Yeah. So I think that's a good thing about not knowing each other's picks. I think we're going to probably stick with that concept. Yeah, definitely. It, it, it makes for more interesting episodes. I think the, the episode where we choose the same uh, Metallica riff, that's going to be our last episode. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. Just try and harmonize it or something. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think that's it. Uh, I'm very happy that you joined us uh, today and uh, or whenever you're listening it might be in the middle of the night that's probably fitting um, we uh, I think it's good to clarify that we're putting these uh, tabs also for you to uh, try out um, in a link in the description so you can learn them yourself I think that's a, a good um, pedagogic move from our part yeah for sure. And uh, we're doing this as a passion project. Uh, we're not trying to make anything off it. But if you want to support the show, you could go and give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It helps uh, the show to kind of rise up within their algorithms and more riff maniacs can find the riff podcast that is Gain It For Riffs. Mm, sounds very good. Uh, maybe you can... Uh, uh, Play, uh, play us off with uh, play us out with the crushing riff, the troll riff, and the crushing riff. That would be amazing. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Ole and Jonas, over and out.